Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Fantastic. The title of the message today is simply this. It's got to be the shoes. It's got to be the shoes. Now, let me connect some dots and, and tie this in. Some of you are like, Pastor, what's going on up there? What, what, what's up with your shoe game right now? How many notice a little something on the end of my legs right here? Got my J's. Well, th- 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 let me put the pieces of this together. Um, I, I was a child of the 80s. I grew up in the 80s. I think that was one of the best decades. I mean, best music in the 80s. Best movies in the 80s. Best athletes in the 80s. Okay, in about 1985, there was an upcoming young man out of the University of North Carolina. He made it to the NBA, and um, he had a little skill. And uh, the, the world was just beginning to take notice. And there was a commercial that he and Spike Lee, Michael Jordan and Spike Lee did this commercial, and they kept saying, it's got to be the shoes. It's got to be the shoe. And 1985 was the first ever Jordans. How many of you own a pair of Jordans? How many of you have multiple pairs of Jordans? Where's Jaquise Terry at? He's probably got like all 26 up in his closet, and he's got the display. Yeah, I never forget when in 1985, I see that commercial because there's all about the secret sauce. How did Michael Jordan get to be so good? How did he jump so high? How does he run so fast? How does he dunk on everybody? It's gotta be the shoes. They said it was the secret sauce to his success. And so I begged my mama. Come on, everybody say, thank God for mama. Man, she went along with all of your crazy ideas. Mom, I'm telling you, if I just get a pair of Jordans, it's going to raise my game to a whole nother level. And I remember the, the cost of the shoes was like 60 bucks. Man, I was breaking the piggy bank to buy those first pair of Jordans. And I put them on, and I just knew this was going to be a game changer for me. I just believed that my talent to play basketball was going to take me to the ends of the earth. You know how far it took me? Pineville, Louisiana. (laughs) Shoes represent purpose. They represent steps. They represent direction. And today, I want to teach you out of the life of Joshua, okay? I want to talk to you about an Old Testament character that God really used in a dynamic way because of the steps he was able to take. In fact, today, we're going to look at Joshua's life, and I want to talk about three big steps that he took and one important step that he missed at the end. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And, and if you've been reading the one-year Bible, you remember back in the spring, early spring, we, we, we talked about, we read about this transition between Moses and Joshua. And I think there's something about transitions. You know, life is a series of leaving and entering. You leave one season and you enter another. Can I have a good amen? And how you leave one season a lot of times is an indication of how you're going to step into the next season. And we see this in this biblical transition between Moses and Joshua. God had spoken to Moses. Moses brought the Israelites out of Egypt, but Joshua was going to take them into the promised land. And I want you to know that if you're in a transition right now, 
that in God you can go from good to great. As good as it was with Moses, it was even better with Joshua. Some of you are in a transition right now, a different season of your life. Maybe it's between schools. You've just graduated and you're stepping into a new season. Or maybe some of you just had a a new child and your family dynamic is changing. Some of you are believing for a transition in your job, even transitions in relationships. We all go through different seasons. I want to tell you this, that if if you handle transitions well, your life can be blessed. I believe that with a transition also comes a transformation. And what we see here in the history of the children of Israel, the, the, the book of Joshua, the key word for this book is the word possess. There was a promise in front of them, and God wanted them to take some steps to possess it. Can I tell you, just because you have a promise doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to possess it. But you got to move forward and take some steps. Joshua chapter 1, uh, I want to read this verse to you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. God's speaking to, to the people of Israel, and he says specifically to Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. Can I have a good amen? God's saying, hey, Joshua, remember that promise I made to Moses? I told him that there was a promised land. This 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, it's coming to an end. You're about to step into a promise. It's it's what I've spoken to Moses, and guess what? I'm now telling you the same thing. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I've given it to you. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, start stepping. This is the commission of Joshua. This is his new assignment. And can I tell you this? When God gives you a new assignment, a lot of times he'll give you a new anointing as well. He'll put a new grace when you step into a new space. There's a promise that God spoke to Joshua, and he says, everywhere you walk, I've given it to you. How many of you know that that's the promise that you better start stepping Because the more ground you cover, the more you possess. Come on, are you with me? And and I feel so strongly the the spirit of this message, not just for you personally, but for us as a church. You know, Healing Place was birthed in 1993, January of 1993, 28 years ago, and we started with just a handful of people. We had 12 people 28 years ago. Now we have 12 campuses and over 12,000 people. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. But there was a promise that God gave us back then. You know what? And we didn't see it, but we had to start stepping into it. You know, God had us on a journey. And I just believe that there is a mandate for multitudes that rests upon this house. I really do. And, and I'm grateful for all different kinds of churches. I think it takes all different kinds of churches to reach all different kinds of people. And there's not a one-size-fits-all. How many of you are thankful for that? You know, and there's no correlation between the size of a church and the strength of a church. You can be small in number, but you can do great exploits for the kingdom. Or you can be a large church, and you can be ineffective. Come on now. But, but I believe that God has called us to reach multitudes and to take ground. And when you come here, I pray that you sense that vision and that spirit of growth. We have a growth mentality at HPC. We expect 
people to grow. I don't know how long you've been coming here, but I pray that your time invested in here has enlarged your capacity. I pray that it has stretched your vision. Uh, I pray that you've been equipped to build something significant with your life. Are you with me? It it reminds me of the the koi fish. A koi fish is a brightly colored freshwater fish. It originated from the Far East. But they say that if you take a koi fish and you put it in a small bowl, that fish will only grow two inches in length. But if you take the fish out of that bowl and you put it in a large aquarium, it will grow eight inches in length. If you take that same fish out of the aquarium and you put it in a pond, it will grow 18 inches in length. Take that same fish out of the pond and put it in a freshwater lake, it will grow 42 inches long. Same fish, different environments, different results. You see, the fish had the, oh, come on now, I know you're feeling that, right? You're catching that. The fish had the potential for 42 all along. It was simply restricted by its environment. And I want you to know that at Healing Place, you can get all of God that you want. You can walk in all 42 of your God-given potential. Can I have a good amen? But you can't do it if you're just sitting still. You got to step into some things. And I'm thankful for a church that's not afraid to step into the unknown. A church that's committed to step into people's pain and heartache and difficulty. You know, this has been a tough week. You know, and you, 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 you've seen the flooding. Maybe some of you, your homes were affected. And it, it kind of brings us back to the flood of 2016. You know, I talked to so many people who said, Pastor, I feel like I got PTSD. You know, when it ra- rains like that, I just, this fear comes over me. I'm thankful for a church that says, we're not going to sit on the sidelines. But we're going to step up. And we're going to help somebody. You know, on Thursdays, every Thursday as a staff, we meet right here and we have staff prayer. But this Thursday, I felt like we needed to do something differently. Uh, There's a thing called closet prayer, but then there's a thing called active prayer. And so I said, hey, I know we normally get together and we pray, but you know what? Let's get together and let's take our faith out of this building and let's go start gutting homes and start helping people. And so what's interesting is, you know, these, these kids from Denham Springs, all of you at our Denham Springs campus, you students are dynamic. We had about 30 students show up Thursday morning here for the purpose of helping us gut houses. I'm like, shouldn't y'all be in school? Y'all skipping class? What's going on here? Oh, no, we're done. We're out early. One little girl, it was her birthday. Her name is Kate. Kate the Great. Kate had plans to go to the beach for her birthday, but she heard that we were helping people who've been flooded. So she said, we can't go to the beach. We got to go to the church and help. And so, man, they joined us and they helped. And you heard Pastor Johnny talk about the things that we were able to do, and there's still a lot of need. But how many of you know this, that, that, that a little thing done with great love makes a big difference? I mean, it doesn't take much, but if you got to show up. You know, you, you got to step up. You know, when, when God commissioned Joshua, he says, be strong. Read it in chapter one. Be strong and of a good courage. 
He says it three times. Be strong and very courageous. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. Now, why would he have to tell him three times to be strong and be courageous? Because in the promised land, there were 31 kings. There were 31 foreign nations. There were 31 battles that they were going to have to fight. How many of you know when you step into your promise, there's still a battle that you're going to have to fight? He says, be courageous. Start stepping. The more you step, the more you possess. Are you catching this? But, but listen, why is it that we don't take more steps? Maybe we're afraid of a misstep. Maybe we've stumbled before and we say, oh, I think I'll just play it safe. Well, if you're not stepping, you're not possessing. So you stumble and fall. Brush yourself off. Get back up on your feet and put one foot in front of the other. That's the way it works in the kingdom. Everything in the kingdom is always about moving forward. Are you with me today? Now, I know you've seen the traffic patterns in Baton Rouge. <laughs> Woo! How many of you, your faith has been tested? Yeah. Man, traffic on Highland Road was backed up all the way from airline to the interstate. And so one of us got the idea, well, look, with all that standstill traffic on Highland Road, why don't we pass out bottles of water? I'm like, hey, now that's fantastic. We, we can help to just provide a little bit of hope. Man, standstill traffic out there Friday afternoon. We had 300 bottles of water in an ice chest and signs that said free water. Do you know how hard it is to give something away for free? <laughs> free, people. It's free. And we're out there, and it's standstill traffic. And Have you seen these people that, that they know you're there? you know that they know you're right there. And they, they, they refuse to look at you because if they look at you, then they become obligated, right? And here I am, I mean, look at his face. This is not a creeper face, okay? I'm a happy guy. I'm wearing a red sir shirt. I got bottles of water free. Then they make eye contact. I'm like, you know you want some of this. You know you want it. <laughs> hey, some people rolled down their windows and they said, hey, do you take donations? We said, absolutely not. No, sir. No, ma'am. Because what we give is no strings attached. We are blessed to be a blessing. Can I have a good amen? You got to start stepping. You got to step into the unknown. You got to step into uncertainty. You will never experience God's best sitting still. Have you ever, there's certain rules of the pantry and the refrigerator. There's certain tricks. Have you ever discovered that if, if you want to eat something, that sometimes you have to hide it in a place so that it's not seen by your children? You know, if you go to the store and you get something, you get your favorite candy bar, you get your favorite protein bar, your bag of chips, you got to put it in the pantry and hide it under a bunch of stuff. Well, a while back, I remember I opened the refrigerator and there was this to-go box of chicken parmesan. And I'm like, chicken parm? <laughs> this is awesome. Man, a great day of lunch right here. And then a couple hours later, Alexa's like, hey, has anybody seen my chicken parm? <laughs> that was yours. Dad, oh, sorry, I just saw it there. It was calling my name. 
Next day, I, I'm digging through the fridge, and in the drawer, I see this big old fresh, delicious apple. I said, man, check out this apple. Cut it up. It was a perfect snack. <laughs> Alexa's like, has anybody seen my apple? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Strike two. The next day, I go into the pantry, and I see these bananas, and every one has Alexa's name on it. <laughs> and it says, mine, do not eat. This means you, Dad. Come on, somebody. She was claiming her territory. This belonged to her. You know what? I believe that God sits up in heaven, and there's not a single thing that he looks down at earth and doesn't say, mine, mine, mine. That belongs to me. You see, listen, it's God's to give, and he wants you to possess. Are you with me? Man, we got to start stepping. What has God already spoken over you? What is he telling you to walk in? Number one, Joshua's commission is all about taking steps. Number two, then they meet the Jordan River. The Jordan River. To step into the promise, there was an obstacle in front of them. The Jordan River. And this required steps of faith. Look at Joshua chapter 3, verse 8. The Lord spoke to the Israelites and he says, Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, what do you got to do? Take a few steps into the river and stop there. Now, this is fascinating. God first tells Joshua, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I've given it to you. So you got to start stepping. They step and they move forward, and the first thing they're met with is an obstacle. Now it's requiring steps of faith. Notice what goes first. He says, tell the priest to carry the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark represented the presence of God. How many of you know when we take steps, we got to walk with his presence? It's the presence of God that goes before us. When the presence of God is with you, you can step forward in confidence even when it doesn't make sense. Now, now, isn't this strange? I mean, th think of it. Think of what's happening here. Think of the history of the Israelites, their journey out of Egypt and into the wilderness. They crossed the Red Sea. They had Moses, and Moses had that staff, and, and Moses would raise that stick up, and when he stretched forth that staff, then the Red Sea, it parted, and they walked across on dry ground. But Joshua now, it's different. Joshua doesn't have a staff, and the instructions to Joshua are different than what God told Moses. He says, no, 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 there is no staff. Man, I'm not parting these waters until you get your feet wet first. Sometimes you have to get your feet wet before the waters part. Come on, talk to me. Uh, but, but God, wait a second. Uh, what about what Moses did? Listen, when you step into a new reality, it may require a new mentality. Some of you are stepping into a new season and you're trying to reach back to old ways and God's saying, I'm with you. I'm going before you. Joshua could only compare this to what he had known. Well, Joshua, this isn't how Moses led us. Joshua, you've got some big shoes to fill. And Joshua says, no, 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 no. I'm not filling shoes. I'm fulfilling a purpose. Come on, somebody. Jesus, I want you to consider this. Jesus took a step into this same river that Joshua is called to cross. Consider this, Joshua is the Old Testament name. Yahshua 
is translated New Testament. It's the name from which we get Jesus. I want you to consider the similarities between this Old Testament Joshua and this New Testament Jesus. Jesus would be baptized in this same river at the same place. But you know what? When Jesus was baptized, the waters didn't part, but the heavens did. Come on, somebody. In fact, it wasn't the the presence of God in in a box called the ark. It was the presence of God through a dove in in the form of a dove called the Holy Spirit. It's amazing to consider the parallels between Joshua and Yeshua, and here they find themselves at the Jordan River, and they're having to take a step into the waters. Some of you are like, Pastor, are you telling me to step in the waters? I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm already in over my head. The good news is this. Man, even if the water is over your head, it's still under Jesus' feet. He walks on that stuff. And if God is with you, you can move forward in confidence. Take a step, but make sure that you're stepping in faith. Don't check with your feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. Come on, somebody. If you're going to possess all that God has promised, it's going to require you to disregard feelings and to move forward in faith. But keep stepping. Parents, you remember when your kids took their first step? How many remembers that? How many got on video your kids taking their very first step? Remember how wobbly they were when they first got started? You know, and you're just, you're doing everything. You're, you're you know, coming behind them and you're just kind of, and, and you're trying to stabilize them. I remember Michaela, when she first learned how to walk, she wasn't convinced that it was the best way to move around. She was crawling a whole lot easier, so it was just easier for her. She'd maybe kind of try to wobble a little bit. She'd fall, and then she'd start crawling. We're like, no, 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 no. Come on, you can do this. But when she finally got it, when it clicked, away they go. When they get a set of wheels, how many of you know they're into everything? Everything. Dad used to say the first two years of a child's life, you teach them to walk and talk. Then the next 16 years, you tell them to sit down and... (laughs) Be quiet. (laughs) Why? Because when they walk, they get into stuff, don't they? Now you got to start getting stuff. Okay, we got to put this safe and out of reach. Oh, I wonder if the devil, come on now. I wonder if the devil, he's putting stuff out of reach because he's thinking, man, they'll never walk. But as soon as you start stepping, you become a threat to the enemy. You're going to start messing up his plans. That's why God says, I've got a promise for you to possess, but you got to start stepping and take steps of faith. Joshua 3.15, the Bible says this, it was the harvest season, the Jordan was overflowing its banks, but as soon as the feet of the priest who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. You see, what they saw with their eyes at the time was a river that was overflowing, but they stepped anyway. Listen, if you just keep showing up, Just keep showing up. We sang about it today. The battle is the Lord's. The victory is the Lord's. But he's got to have somebody to show up. Can I tell you this? If you show up with what you have, 
God will show up with what he's got. And how many of you know that what he has is more than enough? Start stepping. Take steps of faith. The Bible says they crossed over, and here they are into the promised land. And what do they see? Number three, the city of Jericho. The first thing they see in the promised land is the city of Jericho, and this will require steps of obedience. Now, notice what the instruction is here. How are they going to capture this city? Joshua 6, verse 3. God tells them, you and your fighting men should what? March. What are we doing? (laughs) We're stepping. Here we go again. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Now, I'm not gifted in military strategy, but does this not seem like a very strange battle plan? If you're going to take a city, if you're going to conquer a city, all you do is march around the city for six days? How many things have been... (laughs) If that's the plan, you might need a different commander giving a different set of instructions. Wait a second. I'm a fighting soldier. I'm a warrior. And you're asking me to march? And then what? I just want you, first day, we're going to march around the city. Not going to say a word, but I just want you to march around the city. Let me just ask you this. Is it possible that we obey God even when it doesn't make sense? How many of you know God doesn't need our understanding to accomplish his will? But he does ask for our obedience. It didn't make any sense, but okay, day one, we're marching around Jericho. Okay, Joshua, now what? Okay, day two, (laughs) we're going to do it again. What? We just did it yesterday. Nothing happened yesterday. What makes today any different? We marched around day two. What happened after day two? The same thing that happened after day one, nothing. Day three, day four, day five. Six days they did the same thing and nothing happened. Let me ask you this. Can we obey God even when we don't see immediate results? Can we obey him when it doesn't make sense, when we don't understand, And can we obey him when we don't see anything happening? Are you catching this? This is where we live. Sometimes, I think about this, as a warrior, you want to fight. But yet God told you to just be faithful in the march. Can you do things that you feel like are beneath you in order to please the God above you? Can we stay faithful in the little things? Boy, y'all are getting quiet up in here. I know this isn't the shouting kind of message just yet, but wait a second. Watch what happens. Six days, and some of you feel like you're just going in circles. Mike, I just feel like I'm going in circles. No, you're not. You're marching around your Jericho. Man, there's a day coming. You don't see it yet, but if you'll just take the next step, if you'll just be faithful to do what God told, what's the last thing God told you to do? You just be faithful to do that. Well, God, I'm ready for some new instructions. Can I tell you this? God's not going to give you new instructions until you first obey the last thing he told you to do. Marching, marching, six days, we're just stepping. Doesn't make any sense. Finally, on the seventh day, 
Check this out, verse 15. On the seventh day, the Israelites, they got up at dawn and they marched around the town as they had done before. But this time they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priest sounded the long blast of their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, shout for the Lord has given you this town. Can I tell you this? As you're stepping, you may need to add a little shout to your step. You, you, you may need to put a little praise to, to this part of the journey. Say, Mike, I don't feel like it. Praise him anyway. Mike, I don't see anything happening. I'm going to keep marching. Put one foot in front of the other. Lord, I thank you for what you've promised me. And God, I will possess. I will walk in the fullness of that promise. I'm not going to stop because I know the God who is with me, the God who is for me, and the God who goes before me. And Lord, because of that, I will experience your fullness for my life. Bible says something happened. Something happened. When their praise went up, those walls around Jericho begin to fall. Walls will fall when your praise goes up. This has nothing to do with circumstances. has very little to do with feelings. It has everything to do with steps of obedience. God, I'm just obeying you. I'm going to obey you in my finances even when I don't see immediate results. God, I'm going to obey you when it comes to my children, even though I feel like I'm taking one step forward and two steps back. God, I'm going to obey you, Lord, with my work ethic, the integrity and how I I serve on my job. God, I'm going to obey you when it comes to faithfulness to church. God, I'm going to be there. I want to be there. I want to be invested. I want to be planted in the house. God, I'm going to obey you. I'm just going to keep marching. Just keep marching. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to praise you along the way. You see, start stepping. It's going to require steps of faith. It's going to demand steps of obedience. But I want you to see this last portion in in Joshua's journey here. Check this out. There was a group of people called the Gibeonites. And the Gibeonites had heard about the Israelites and all the amazing things that God had done for them. And they were afraid. And so they came to the Israelites to make a treaty. Now, keep in mind, God had told them, no, no, we make no treaties. I want you to conquer. I want you to possess. Don't make any treaties. Here comes the Gibeonites, and they lived just right around the corner. But they used deception against Joshua and the Israelites. They said, oh, we've come from a long way. In fact, look at what it says in chapter 9, verse 12. They said, this bread was hot from the ovens when we left our homes. But now, as you can see, it's dry and moldy. These wineskins, they they were new when we filled them, but now they're old and they're split open. Our clothing and sandals, they're worn out from a very long journey. Verse 14, so the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. In other words, they checked their circumstances, but they didn't check with God. And I want you to know this, that when you don't consult the Lord, you insult the Lord. Bible says they entered a treaty because they thought that, oh, these Gibeonites are from far away. So they entered a treaty, said, okay, we won't take you. We won't destroy you. Then they realized, wait a second, you lied to us. You're, You're like our neighbors right down the road. And from that day on, they were a thorn 
in the sight of the Israelites. You know, probably one of the most important steps. We got to start stepping. We got to start stepping. What steps is God asking you to take? It's got to be steps of faith. It's got to be steps of obedience. But I pray, and the Gibeonites show us this, that when you take steps, they are steps of wisdom. Steps of wisdom. God, speak into this situation. Before I make this decision about my future, God, what do you have to say? Before I enter into this relationship and move things forward, God, would you speak to me? Before I make this, this financial decision or this, this thing with my children or, or with my future, God, what do you have to say? I promise you, the Lord will give you the wisdom you need in every step that you take. You know, faith is what brings it in. Faith brings it in. But wisdom grows what faith brings in. Do you hear that? God will bring some things into your stewardship by the faith that you exercise. Whew. But then it's going to require wisdom to grow what faith brings in. And integrity maintains what faith brings in and wisdom grows. Did you see that? I know I kind of dropped that. I didn't even say that in the 8 o'clock service. It's kind of a lot to process. Faith brings it in. Wisdom grows what faith brings in. And integrity maintains what wisdom grows and faith brings in. My prayer for you, individually, that you will walk in the ways of God. That you would take courageous steps of faith this year. And that you would live in the fullness of of your God-given potential. Amen. Do you receive that? Put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.